You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapters 46 and 47. Woo. Woo. Yeah, that's right. You be excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to do our summary discussion and spoiler discussion today. We don't, I don't have any announcements. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Last time I announced that I needed to check but in the in the anime break that we just recorded, I announced that I needed to check asks, which I guess might be true again, but this will be the future, so that's a problem for future Ellen. <laughs> Most problems are a problem for future Ellen. Um, all right, let us get into it. There is a, in chapter 46, there's an author's note. Both of these times, normally I kind of like, I pick and choose which author's notes I want to show or want to talk about. Both of these have little cute notes. This one says that Kyo and Uo are so much alike that they argue a lot, but probably being so much alike is what irritates them most. Something like that, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Because <laughs> um, I feel like we made that comment as well. They're very yeah. similar. They, they argue a lot, which is cute. Their chapter proper opens in class. Maiko Dai-sensei-sama erases the board and reminds all the kids um, that their papers about their career goals are due before finals and to remind their guardians that there will be parent-teacher conferences after summer break ends. Kyo and Yuki look down and Toru wonders if she should ask her grandfather to come to her parent-teacher conference. Kyo's buddies tease him um, that his dream job is to be a cat trainer when he grows up and he's like, shut up. Suddenly, Uo kicks Kyo's desk and says that she's pissed off because it's lunch and lunchtime and she's hungry, damn it. And frankly, I totally relate <laughs> to this feel of hanger, enraged hanger. Kyo um, and Uo grab each other's collars and Kyo is like, be grateful you were born a woman, Yankee. If you were a man, I'd kill you in a second, damn bitch. And Uo is like, it's because I was born a woman that I did that, you stupid ass. And Toru is like, uh, let's have lunch. <laughs> is this supposed to be a PMS joke? I don't know. <laughs> I wondered, briefly wondered that myself, but it's kind of like, that's a little yeah. weird. Maybe it's like a, I don't know, it could be a, could be a Japanese thing to be like, you're hungry when you have your period. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, more just the, like, being really angry about it. Perhaps. And then saying it's because she was a woman that she did that. <laughs> I, or my interpretation was like, she did it because she could get away with it. I don't know. <laughs> but perhaps it could be. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think too deeply about it. <laughs> That's because I had a lot of other notes to take. <laughs> yeah. There's so few, there's never, I don't think there's ever any jokes like that in Furuba. <laughs> this would be the only one that I could think of yeah. offhand. Yeah, that's kind of why I was kind of like, huh. I don't know. Entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think, just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the gang ends up eating lunch together outside, and it's been a while since they all had lunch together, they say. Kyo sits off to the side, of course, and thinks grumpily, with these people around I can eat, but it won't taste good. They all talk about their plans for the future. Toru already knows that she wants to get a real job so she can support herself. Why bother? You could just get married and let someone else pay the bills, Uo says with a wink. Um, yes, I, can, I can't imagine you working harder, Hana says, eating what looks like a stick, a skewer of like Oden or something, even though it's the middle of the summer. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to go to college and get a better job to help support you, she says. And Uo is like, what are you going to do with her? <laughs> I was thinking more like one of these two, she says, and she points at Yuki and Kyo, and they're like, huh? Sweat dropping immediately, of course. Uo and Hana stand up menacingly, saying, what do you mean, huh? Don't tell me you're trying to say that Toru isn't good enough. And Hana's like, oh my, is that a challenge? That's not what I meant, Yuki says, and Kyo's like, don't go picking fights like that. Toru panic explains that even if she could get married, it won't be for a long time. 
Usos would be funny if she got married first and Kyo was like, like someone would marry you. And the next panel, we see him clutching his bonked head and Toru tends to him. <laughs> well, marriage aside, Uso says, I met a guy at work who doesn't totally suck. And Toru and Hana are surprised, of course, and they ask what he's like. Uso says that he's kind of like Toru, but of course not looks wise. We see Toru smiling and Yuki looks down, looking kind of glum. And the conversation fades as we transition to the narration. Goals, the path one should follow, prospects, the future, my future. And then we cut to the dojo, which is exciting. I don't know why I'm always excited every time we go to the dojo. I think it's just because I like Kasuma and Kyo together or something, but <laughs> whatever. Kasuma sees some students off, and just I want everyone to stop and pay attention to how short Kasuma's hair is now. <laughs> <laughs> he looks back at Kyo and asks, What's wrong? Is there something that you want to talk about? And Kyo, of course, freaks out and is like, Why? Why do you ask? Cosmo explains that. It's been Kyo's habit since he was little to stare at him from behind when he wants to tell him something. And there's a little adorable panel of baby baby Kyo thinking, play with me, play with me, while Kazuma, like, does laundry or something. That's a lie, Kyo says, blushing. I don't have such a wussy habit. Kazuma assures him that he won't tell anyone and asks again if there's something that Kyo wants to talk about. Kyo says no, and he kind of stomps off, and Kazuma worries after him. Later that night, Momiji, did you want to say something? I didn't want to, like, stop you because you were on a roll. It's okay. I just said that, like, that's such a such a parent thing because like my mom does that too where i'm like i like think about saying something and i'm like no nah, i don't need to say anything and she's like what and i'm like what? i didn't even start to say anything <laughs> i know <laughs> i didn't even know i was gonna say something <laughs> it's true <laughs> are you just like thinking about something and someone's like what and you're like no nothing nothing at all <laughs> <laughs> they do have that talent parents yeah and some people <laughs> some some very <laughs> empathetic adults who don't have children are also like that <laughs> asking questions staring deeply into your soul <laughs> later that night momiji and toru walk together as toru leaves work they talk about the assignment the like jaw career assignment and momiji says that he knows what he wants to do but it might be impossible for him even so i think it would be great if it came true so i keep believing he says smiling a hopeful and knowing smile as he is one to do Someday, I'll show you, Toru, he says excitedly, and Toru looks a little bit concerned. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other office cleaning ladies have appeared and are like, Do your best, Momiji-chan! Fight on, Momiji-chan! And he's like, I'm doing my best! Which is hilarious that they just like appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> Toru meets up with Yuki, leaving Momiji uh, with the doting office ladies. And Yuki's like, it looks pretty lively over there. And Toru says, Momiji-kun is like a teen idol. <laughs> they head home together, and they talk about Toru and Momiji's conversation. Don't Momiji say his goal in life might be impossible, Yuki asks, and Toru says that he did. There are a lot of obstacles in our way, Yuki says, and he looks down, perhaps distracted by his own thoughts. We see the narration. It might be Yuki's thoughts, maybe continued from earlier. When I think about those things, it's almost... It trails off. Toru calls to him and kind of pulls him back to the conversation. He looks at her and smiles this, like, purse-lipped, kind of nervous-looking smile. Never mind, he says, and he also looks a little nervous himself. They walk on together, what seems like, in silence. There's just a panel that shows the two of them from behind. At home, they say goodnight to each other, and then Tor realizes that she needs to do some prep for breakfast tomorrow, and in the kitchen, she finds Kyo making some late-night somen. Tor asks if he would like her to make it for him, but he says that he can make it, but he would like her to make broth, because he doesn't know how to do it, and Tor makes it from scratch, apparently. She asks what he was planning to eat it with, and he's like, I don't know, so I saw like a typical like teen boy style. <laughs> And she asks if it tastes good that way, and he bonks her on the head and is like, of course not, that's why I told you to make broth. 
They end up sitting together at the table and Toru has some soma too. And they briefly wonder if Shigure is sleeping and Kyo is like, who knows? The sleep patterns are all over the place, which is true. I feel like we've seen him before, like just wake up in the middle of a conversation or whatever. Yeah. Toru asks him about the dojo and he asks if she so and asks if Shisho is doing well. And Kyo is like, uh, yeah, I guess he cut off his ponytail. Uh, what a waste, Toru says, which is also how I felt. <laughs> waste. It's not like he's a girl, Kyo says. And she's like, but why? He's like, you want to know why? And then we see this, like, I guess a memory of Shisho talking to Kyo, who says, it was always a superstition of mine. I guess I was finally ready to accept that a certain someone would be okay, even if I cut it. He's like a doting parent, that's all, Kyo says, and Doru smiles. <laughs> so we saw that little memory, and he just said he's like a doting parent. <laughs> Toru asks if Kyo's dream is to take over Shisho's dojo, and Kyo says, I don't think that's even possible. Toru listens intently with her eyebrows raised in concern. The truth is, I've thought about it, but I'm the cat after all. Whatever I do, no matter how much I want it, even if Shisho says it's okay. If the Somas don't like it, it's over. If there's one thing the stupid family is good at, it's telling people what they can't do. If I'm not careful. And then Kyo has a memory, or maybe he imagines Akito collar held in someone's hand saying, over my dead body. Kyo puts down his hand on the floor and it looks like it's shaking. No, he says out loud, resting his head on his other hand. Never mind that, it's got nothing to do with you. Toru looks concerned and she's like kind of blushing a little bit. Anyway, Kyo continues. Why do you have to ask stupid questions like, what are you going to be when you graduate? What are you going to do when you graduate? They just don't get it. Being possessed by the cat, it's not that easy. I don't even know if I'd be able to live with normal people. Just thinking about it, I freeze up. Toru remembers Momiji's words. I don't think that's it, even possible. And then she looks down, clearly upset. I can't talk to Shisho about it, Kyo says. Not that I don't trust him. And Shigeru is kind of a member of society, but I don't think he understands either. It's like, what? Kyo says, why are you making that face? And Toru was like, eh. You know, Kyo says, you're probably the only one who understands how it feels. Eh, me, Toru says, pointing to herself. Graduating from high school, getting a job, or living on your own. Those are all things that you promised your mom you'd do when she was around. And he remembers her smiling during their lunch discussion at school and says, but now your mother's gone and you're alone, so I guess you're probably pretty anxious about your future. Toru looks taken aback, and her hand is still held in the air. Her finger that was pointing at her is now kind of like relaxed as if she forgot about it. Kyo rests his chin on his hand. That's not true, is it? She says hesitantly. I'm not even- I'm sure even I could be a good office worker. Kyo lifts his head and asks what? He sees that Toru starts to cry and she raises her hands to her face. But there are times when I'm troubled with anxiety. Will I be able to find a good job? Can I really live by myself? After I graduate three years, ten years down the road, someday I'll leave this home. When I really stop to think about those things, I don't know what to do or who to talk to. The anxiety starts to well up. Before I know it, I start to get sick with worry. And she remembers Yuki looking up on their way home earlier. Oh, she thinks, that must have been what Yuki-kun was trying to tell me. No, she says out loud. It's no good, Kyo-kun. What are you talking about? He says, because all of that was her internal monologue. So, of course, she wasn't <laughs> saying that out loud. You shouldn't confide this in me, she says, crying, her head in her hands. You have to you have to pretend that you don't see those anxieties in me, or I'll break down and start crying, so please. And he's like, I'm already used to your crying. Your nose is running. <laughs> please don't worry about me, she says. And he's like, no, I'm concerned. There's like a little speech bubble that's over at the side. Shisa-san is waiting for you to confide in him, even if it's something bad, she says in a wobbly speech bubble. You really should talk to Shisho-san. He'll understand, Kyokun. He really will. If you stay quiet, Kyokun, and stifle your feelings, the pressure will get worse and worse and worse, she says. And she, like, pinches his bracelet between her fingers and, like, shakes it, which is, of course, a bold, bold move. 
He's like, ah, you'll break it. <laughs> okay, I get it. I understand, he says with a smile and like a heh, which is really adorable. Sheesh, he says, leaning in on the table a little bit closer to Toru, who cries into a handkerchief. Why are you such a crybaby? Perhaps I can offer some advice, Shigure says, suddenly sliding back his bedroom door, much to the surprise of Kyo and Toru. <laughs> he tells him that he just woke up, and he tells Toru not to cry, and then of course teases Kyo, saying, what'd you do to her? He always takes the opportunity to make fun of Kyo. You know, Toru-kun, when you get anxiety about the future, it's better not to think about it, he says. And then he says, and let's not wipe our faces with dishcloths, shall we? So I guess it wasn't a handkerchief after all. <laughs> Toru sniffs and says, yes. For example, Shigure says, let's say that you are surrounded with a mountain of laundry piled so high around your feet that you can't move. Are you with me? Now let's assume that you have to wash everything individually by hand. You'd be at a loss for what to do, right? And we see a hypothetical illustration of panicky Toru surrounded by a huge pile of laundry with a with a holding like a big wash pan, which is a hilarious image in and of itself. Yeah. And like a washboard. Yeah, like a washboard. Like <laughs> like like also she's washing everything by hand in the nineteen hundreds or something. Yeah. <laughs> you'd worry if you could ever wash everything. If you could get it all clean, if you'd ever have time for anything but laundry ever again, he continues. The more you think about it, the more anxious you'd get. But time keeps passing and the laundry doesn't wash itself, so what do you do, Torokun? It might be a good idea to start washing the laundry right at your feet, he says with a wink. Toru, tears still in her eyes, look kind of contemplative, like the words are sinking in that he's saying. Of course, he continues, it's important to think about what lies ahead, too, but if you only look at what's down the road, you'll get tangled in the laundry at your feet and you'll fall, won't you? You see, it's also important to think about what you can do now, what you can do today, and if you keep washing things one at a time they'll be done before you know it because fortune is looking out for you toru who's still a bit teary smiles a small smile and shigure wraps up his advice by saying sometimes the anxiety will start to well up again but when it does take a little break read a book watch tv or eat someone with everyone wow what a wonderful analogy he says feigning <laughs> surprise <laughs> i must really treat myself to somen as a reward oh and i'd like some tea too you just wanted to eat somen didn't you kyograms <laughs> Toru narrates, on nights when I'm anxious, let's all in a place that feels like home. And then we cut to Yuki's room, and Toru knocks on the door, um, because she thought he might still be awake. Um, she starts and looks down, and Yuki asks if something's wrong, and she says, I, I get anxious too sometimes, and that's why that is. Yuki looks a little bit surprised before she says, let's eat so together, cheerfully. And he's like, huh? <laughs> and she's like, uh, it's not like that was out of the blue. I, I just don't know how to explain, but <laughs> Yuki, Yuki smiles. And in the last scene of the chapter, we see the four of them eating somen together. Shigure takes another opportunity to make fun of Kyo, saying that there's a legend that if you eat pink somen, you'll become a pervert. And Kyo is like, is not. And Yuki's like, so vulgar. And Kyo is like, don't start believing him, damn rat. He's making it up. I'll kill you. <laughs> That's, of course, the end of the chapter. <laughs> it's pretty wonderful. I feel like Yuki will just like calmly act like he believes all the stupid <laughs> shit she carries as if it's for the sake of making fun of Kyo. I think, yeah, I think he does it on purpose for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I just, yeah, he, he'll say like one or two little words that are like just tagging off of what, uh, what yeah. Shigure says. I know there's some other thing where he said something about like Kyo being a pervert and Yuki's just like, wow, how awful. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he do that at the hot spring when, uh, <laughs> when the, Hostess is like, you're so lascivious, and then Kyo is like, yeah, yeah total pervert, or whatever. Or Yuki's like, yeah, I can't remember. I mean, he also basically takes any opportunity to, like, tease Kyo, because Kyo takes it yeah. so seriously and earnestly that... And Yuki understands sarcasm, and like, Kyo, apparently, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yuki knows things. He knows that Jason is a bear, so... 
Okay. There's another... So chapter 47 opens with another relevant author's note at the bottom that says that Ayo wears long sleeves to protect against sunburn, apparently. And he sunburns easily. And uh, Takaya-sensei says that Hattori is probably the same way. I don't know why that's interesting. I just thought it was. (laughs) And this is... I guess this is relevant because Ayame's wearing super long sleeves during this chapter. Even though it's hot out, which is a plot point. (laughs) Yes. It's relevant. That's what I'm saying. We open the chapter with a dream of Yuki's. A woman, dressed (laughs) formally, sits on a bed or like a couch. I don't know. I can't tell. There's like a big pillow behind her. A settee. It could be a settee. A chaise, (laughs) you might say. (laughs) Uh, The woman sits on a bed. Piece of furniture. Yeah, it's a piece of furniture. A bed or a couch or a settee or a loveseat, perhaps. One of them. She's sitting on something and there's a pillow. So what are you saying, she says. So what if you are a tool? Yuki wakes up with a start. He gets up and washes his face, and then he, as he does that, he thinks that he hasn't had that dream in a while. Today could really suck. And at that moment, Ayame bursts into the bathroom and says, Good morning, mon frere magnifique! <laughs> up, up, little brother. It's certainly time for a cheerful song to sweep you sonorously into a wonderful new day. I don't know if it's surprising or expected that Yuki is actually an oversleeper. By the way, I'm the type who sleeps when he wants to sleep and wakes when he wants to wake. <laughs> Yuki grumps as Ayame continues to talk and thinks, Today could really suck. <laughs> and thus, Ayame continues, we learn new things about each other, one by one. I'm so touched. Shall I pledge to spend the entire day with you, not leaving you for a moment? Bye, he says suddenly, turning to leave, and Yuki is like, you're leaving after all of that? I see, I see. So that's how it is. Do you always get so lonely when I leave? Ayame asks, taking Yuki's hand and dragging him off, Yuki looking deeply, deeply annoyed. <laughs> Now let us be off. In celebration of the foundation of our brotherly love, let us go together and partake of quality Korean barbecue. You really have a gift of being able to change the interpretation of things to suit your own purposes, Yuki grumps. And Shigure in the background is like, hey, when can we eat the peaches? It turns out that Ayame has brought peaches as a gift this time. Um, I want to make a note of this little um, baby boar watering can quote-unquote yeah what the fuck is that randomly at the bottom of this page (laughs) i honestly don't know what that is i looked at it for a while and i was like i don't have time to think about this let's take a look i'm like maybe he used it to bring the peaches i don't know what is it supposed to be (laughs) at first that was like a weird planter but it's got that handle handle. maybe like a watering can But what's with the back are they little weird legs like what is that i think so i think it's its little back legs sticking out (laughs) but yeah (laughs) Maybe it's like a candle holder. It has a... But why would you have a watering can? There's no spout. <laughs> I would. I assume it's at the nose. It's the nose. But I don't know how you would like keep the water in there. How do you hold it? Maybe it's got like... <laughs> maybe it's got like a plug. And you pull the plug <laughs> to water. Maybe it's actually a piggy bank with a very large hole. So you can just take the change out whenever yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I saw that and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. It's also, like, kind of, uh, it has its <laughs> eyes, like, closed in a weird, uncanny way. Like, it looks like it's dead, which makes me uncomfortable, too. <laughs> Just saying. I'm glad we had talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fortunately, we transitioned away from this weird thing that nobody knows what it is. I wonder if it's, like, some kind of, like, Japanese thing that we don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe. You never know. A citronella candle, like you can see. <laughs> I mean, that would be useful. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's candle holder. <laughs> uh, anyway, it turns out that Yame brought peaches uh, as a gift, so that we transition to the table 
We transition to the table where Toru thanks him, of course, and Ayame tries to get her to hustle to peel the peaches, um, and Yuki sasses him for being so rude. And Ayame complains that he doesn't want to get his hands sticky, which I definitely concur with. Um, do you peel your peaches? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't peel them, but I do, like, hold them with a paper towel so my hands don't get sticky. Yeah. I was curious. Everyone's like, oh, you have to peel the no, peaches in this chapter. But I'm like, I just, I like the fuzzy. I think they're just enjoying <laughs> them. They're just, yeah. I don't think you have to. I think that they're just choosing to. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the peach skin is thicker in Japan. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Yuki Sass is, oh, yeah, we're being self-centered about not wanting to get his hands sticky, but Shigeru chimes in. Worry not, dearest Aya. You can eat the peach that I peeled if you don't mind that it's already half eaten. Gure-san, he says. <laughs> How can I accept it when my heart is already filled with your love? Keep that up and I'll throw you both out, Yuki shouts. And then he complains that they've exhausted him already. So Shigure tries to get Aya to get to the point about why he came to visit. Keep it simple, Yuki demands. Tell me only what it is. Get right to the point and make it simple, as simple and concise as possible. Simple, simple. Hmm, Ayame cogitates. Should I bring a present? He asks, and Yuki is like, what are you talking about? Is vague Ayame's version of concise? Like, I don't know. <laughs> He turns to Toru and asks, have you ever fallen in the bath? And she's like, eh. And then even Shigure is like, what are you talking about? I said, and I went, have you ever been in a Turkish bath? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> Yuki stomps off down the hall and is like, whatever it is, just forget it. I'm busy enough as it is. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, calls from the doorway. I promised I wouldn't leave your side today. But as they both leave, uh, Shigure talks to Toru. Did you know, he says, I'm pretty sure that crab and peaches were both foods that Yuki-kun loved when he was a child. And Toru imagines Ayame bossing a clerk around at the store and thinks that's so thoughtful, which <laughs> is funny. At least that's my interpretation. It's like Ayame standing in the store with his mouth open and his finger pointing up and there's a clerk who's like on the ground looking kind of annoyed. So I assume that that's what he's doing. <laughs> I think he's probably like explicating all the dramatic reasons he's picking up peaches today and she's just not sure how to <laughs> how to deal with he's this like, today i awoke and i thought to myself that i would visit my younger brother yuki-kun yes my yuki-kun <laughs> <laughs> and what does yuki-kun love more than a peach it's a beautiful summer day and so i thought i would pick him up a beautiful peach <laughs> <laughs> that's my ad she's just like they're, they're right here so. yeah he's like wonderful wonderful <laughs> This would be perfect for my lovely brother Yuki, with whom I'm trying to bond. <laughs> now point me to your crab. I mean, <laughs> uh, so Kyo arrives, and Shigure and he bicker, of course, while Toru continues to think happily, clutching the peach. Would be nice if that got through to Yuki-kun, wouldn't it, Yame-san? And then we cut to outside. Yuki makes his way to the secret base, thinking about all the gardening work that he needs to do. It's hot today, he says. As a matter of fact, it's very hot indeed, Ayame says suddenly from behind him, sporting a parasol. Yuki face palms and is like, don't follow me. What are you saying, Ayame says. Who on earth beside me would protect you if you were to run into bandits? There are no bandits here, Yuki shouts. He tries to shake off Ayame again by saying that he's going to a place that only he and Toru know about. Your love nest, is it? Ayame asks and Yuki is like, I'll wring your neck. Besides, don't you get weak in extreme heat and cold? It's too late for that, little brother, Ayame says, poofing suddenly into a snake. <laughs> Yuki tries to get them to go back to the house, but catches his shirt on a bush, nearly ripping it. Ha ha ha, Ayame says. This must be what they mean by being kicked when you're down, and Yuki merely seethes as Snake Ayami continues to matter-of-factly say, 
This must be a sign from the heavens that we brothers are to talk slowly, carefully, and deliberately together with no interference. <laughs> Ayame asks if Yuki is alright and tells him that there's a sewing kit in his bag. So Yuki takes the bag um, and says that he was surprised that Ayame could go to school with this temperature struggles like this. Ayame explains that he was taken directly to the gate by car and we see a scene of him in high school also <laughs> carrying a parasol. Ayame brings up that he heard that, speaking of high school or whatever, he heard that Yuki's parent-teacher conference is coming up, um, which is why he came to Shigeru's house to talk to him. Don't tell me, Yuki says, taking his shirt, taking off his torn shirt to fix it. You want to go instead of our parents. Say lay, he says. That's it exactly. That's amazing. Yuki, are you psychic? He says. <laughs> Yuki wonders um, who told him, and we see a chibi Mayuko saying, I swear it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she did tell him. I guess that's what's implied. But. Yeah. So, as I tried to ask before, Snakey Yame says, am I to bring a present in this situation? Would it be appropriate to bring a bouquet of roses? And Yuki's like, it's fine, I'll just ask mom and dad. Yeah. I think this is my favorite, like, drawing in the chapter, by the way, of, like, Snake Yame, like, shouting upward <laughs> with this happy expression on his face. <laughs> I like the ones where he's, like, looking down knowingly and coyly, like... Yeah. Like, but I saw this one. It's got like these little like shout lines from. It. Hold on, I'm looking it up. A little snaky head. <laughs> he screams everything. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's like, as I tried to say before. Yeah. <laughs> Am I expected to bring a present in this situation? I like how he's like, would it be rude to bring a bouquet of roses to a parent-teacher yeah. conference? It's like, yes, it would be incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> Although it's Mayuko, so. I mean, she knows yeah. him, so I guess he should just be like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I wonder if they, like, this is, like, headcanon territory, but I wonder if they talk about Yuki. I wonder if Ayame is like, hey, how's Yuki doing in school? It'd be really funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since he connected with I always her. like the, because there's, like, the implication that they are still, like, in social contact with each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which was implied before when he says he got the Kana's wedding photos, mm -hmm. and now here it's implied that this is how he found out about the parent-teacher conference. Yeah, he's, so. they're it seems like they're definitely still they just, in contact. So Yeah, they're just chit-chatting. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> Yuki. However, Yuki doesn't want any of that nonsense. He's like, it's fine, I'll just ask mom and dad. But Ayame asks, you weren't in touch with them and you're not that fond of them, are you? It's not like I don't like them, Yuki says. I just don't expect anything or want anything from them. At this point, Yuki says, eyes becoming sort of creepily hollow like Kisa's mom's mm -hmm. so he goes into this he becomes he has this like really deadpan depressed expression when he says what he, I'm about to say I no longer have any love for the people who sold me for their own profit in the people who sold me like I was a tool still if I try to call them for something like a parent-teacher conference they might try to tame me again I don't know if I could take that again I I hate it Snakey Yame looks down and thinks as we transition to the past, I wish I could say that I was better than that. Ayame has a memory of a woman who I assume is Yuki and Ayame's mother and baby Yuki. Yuki, she says, dragging Yuki who leans back fighting against her. Cut that out. Why are you so disobedient? Yuki, she says, Ayame standing off to the side. I'll hit you. But I too would have sold you in exchange for satisfying my own indulgence, Ayame narrates. And in the memory, he turns and walks away. And we see their mother with her arm raised and baby Yuki raises his tiny hands. Don't tell me that you've forgotten his name, young Shigure says. We transition to, like, another scene where Shigure is talking to Ayame. He's your brother, Aya. And there were many indulgences, Ayame narrates. And then we see another scene from Ayame's school days. Like, I think it's their high school days. Mm -hmm. Stop it already, young Hattori says. Haven't you had enough? 
We see a girl in a school uniform as well. Her head is in her hands and she says, I'm so stupid. There are people like that. I hurt many people, Yame narrates, and we see baby baby Yuki trampled them, abandoned them. I was so foolish. We see another memory, this time of Mine, who asks, are you sad? Ayame rests his head on her shoulder. I'm not sad, he narrates, just downright pathetic. In the present, Yugi says that he'll call their parents. He can't keep running away, but he's worried that if he doesn't have goals, they'll try to decide for him. And Ayame suddenly transforms back to his human form and tries to convince Yuki again to let him go in their place, because then it won't matter if Yuki has goals set or not. In fact, perhaps it would be easier if I talked about myself instead, he suggests. I love how he suggests the plan as if they didn't talk about it at all before. He's like, let me do a brief you on a wonderful plan. All you have to do is take me to the Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> he's like, did you even listen to anything that I said? Like, yeah. Yuki's like that. <laughs> he's like, Yuki's like, what's the... So Ayame suggests they talk about himself, and Yuki's like, what would be the point of that? Oh, in that case, I should have prepared something to talk about. Um, about why I chose this lyrical profession, overflowing with fantasy, Ayame says, and Yuki's like, it's okay. Starting to look grumpy again. It's because, Ayame says, I wanted to create something. And he kneels beside Yuki and takes his shirt. Even I, who have a charisma that wafts of noble refinement, have times when I lose confidence. Ha ha ha, Ayame says. <laughs> and so I had this uncontrollable urge to try to make something. Anything. It didn't matter what. It just happened that dressmaking suited me best. At first it didn't matter. It could have been cooking or gardening. I just wanted to make sure that I have the power to make something. And Ayame begins to stitch Yuki's shirt. He continues, Maybe I wanted to know if I could create something tangible with my own hands. If there could be something that wouldn't exist without me. Realization sort of dawns on Yuki, and he remembers kneeling down, gardening gloves on beside a tender young plant, and thinks, Maybe I needed, maybe I wanted to be needed by something that wouldn't exist without me. Yuki, Ayame says, I don't know what our parents will say, but what's most important really is your feelings. It's all right. You are not a tool. If someone like me can have someone who is there for me, he says, imagining Mine kind of like cheering, which is adorable. <laughs> Yuki looks up at him as he finishes, saying, then surely a good kid like you isn't as alone as you think you are. There, finished, Iyami says, and he whips around Yuki's shirt that he's apparently quickly embroidered. I live for my older brother on, which is amazing. <laughs> Put it on forthwith, Iyami says, and Yuki is like, what have you done? He claims that he has expressed his pure vow that he will always be there for Yuki. And Yuki's like, there's no need to embroider on other people's clothes. There are but three people in the entire world who can complete such a fine embroidery in such a short time, Ayame proclaims. Of course, number one is yours truly, who will always think of his brother. You're the number one idiot, Yuki says, ticking off. Ayame is like, you really are quick to, to anger, Yuki, but it's part of your charm. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan, you may be an idiot, Yuki says, turning back and smiling a small smile at Ayame. Ayame looks taken aback as he continues, but I don't believe that you're a fool. Hello, Tori-san, you're not going to believe what Yuki just told me, Yame says, suddenly whipping out a cell phone with a little rat charm on it and, I guess, calling a Tori. Yuki yells at him not to bother a Tori for every little thing. It's such a waste, Ayame thinks, that our parents go on living without realizing that Yuki is a really good kid. After they return to the house, Shigure cackles and asks what's with the embroidery on poor Yuki's shirt. It's my pledge, Ayame explains. The embroidery is overflowing with your brother's love, so take good care of it, Shigure says and hands it to Yuki. And Yuki's like, you can't say something so serious after laughing like that. <laughs> Ayame offers to generously embroider things for Toru and Kyo as well, such as, uh, I live for Kagura, for Kyo, brandishing a threaded needle as general direction. And Kyo is like, don't sew anything. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. <laughs> Yuki calmly eats a peach um, while they bicker. And Toru says, they're delicious, aren't they? Hmm? Yuki says, yeah, they are, aren't they? And then Toru beams, and Yuki is confused. 
for Torokuna shall embroider I live for Yuki. Now remove your clothing at once. To which Shikari spits out his tea. Kyo and Toru eh, and Yuki yell, stop that. In the last panel, we see baby Yuki in a darkened room with a maybe a peach beside him. There's like a little ball beside his feet. The narration reads, you're not a tool. You're not alone anymore. And that's the end of this chapter. It's the end of our two chapters that we're ta- discussing today. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I was really excited when I finished reading these chapters for so many reasons. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you about them. But I want you to start because I like it when you start. <laughs> I really enjoy Ayame chapters. I know you do. I knew that when I read this. And like, I, I, I apologize to the world for delaying our recording for like an hour while I had to write extra Ayame notes because I was trying to like keep it short. And then I was like, I can't cut. I can't shorten any of this because this dialogue is all gold every single line (laughs) there's like a couple that I removed but I was like this is the best and I have to leave it in I want to say it I want to say it to the world (laughs) you're speaking a lot of French in this chapter yeah I need to work on my accent (laughs) Chez (laughs) c'est vrai I can say that's fine right he said mon frère magnifique as well right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I think he said something to in the Shigure thing too Mm. Like when he talked to Shigure, he was like a monomore or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. He was just like, you can eat. He was like, uh, Shigure offered him his peach and then he was like, how can I take it? My heart is empty, full of your love or whatever. (laughs) I like how he tried to get Yuki to go to Korean barbecue. Yeah. So many things he tried to get Yuki to do, but. Yeah. Um, Go back to the last chapter. Yeah, let's talk about that. I want to talk about. Yeah. This Kyotoru scene, please. But mm-hmm. let's talk about the beginning of the chapter first. <laughs> so I meant to look this up, I forgot to, but I know there's lots of like culture and superstitions and stuff around hair cutting. Yeah. In like Eastern cultures. Yes. I also didn't look it up, but I have a link yeah. that I'm going to provide. Yeah. There's a really good uh like a take on this from the uh Tumblr Furuba canon. Um Mm-hmm. Uh, I linked it yeah. in these notes so you can look at it, I think. But mm-hmm. So I'm going to link yeah. that. I know the general idea is like yeah. moving on from something. Yes. But yeah. Yes. A moving to a different stage of your life or whatever. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. tradition around hairstyles. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's a thing I recognize the significance <laughs> of but couldn't talk about. So I like made a note of it and meant to look it's it okay, up. Okay, we don't. To, someone so. else has done a good job talking about it. Yeah. Let's just gonna forward people to their ideas without <laughs> um, without going in depth. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a symbol of kind of like moving on to a different part of your life. At least I guess in Japanese mm-hmm. culture. I like how I like how Toru like freaks out about it too. <laughs> yeah. I also forgot that this was the first time the short haired Cosmo showed up. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 for a second when I read it this time. Yeah. I kind of forgot about his ponytail until they were talking about him cutting it off. I was like, oh, right. right. <laughs> well, because he has short hair for, like, I mean, I don't know. For the rest of the series, he yeah. has short hair. Spoiler, not spoiler mm-hmm. warning. Like, it's not like he grows yeah. hair back. So I got, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's just how. I don't think it would go that quickly. <laughs> no. It's, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's just how it's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's just, like, how he looks. It, like, didn't register with me that yeah. his hair is long or short, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he's moved on to a different part of his life, like a doting parent, <laughs> Kyo says. Yes. <laughs> the laundry metaphor is another one of those things that really stuck out with me the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. Like, when we got to it, I was like, oh, this is where it is. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things I just remembered really clearly. It's something that even my sister, who we both know, she tells this to people <laughs> as real advice <laughs> on the regular. And it's like, 
<laughs> You're just laughing because you know her, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, I told someone about the laundry thing the other day. It's <laughs> like, you don't even like... <laughs> hi hi if you're listening um but like the <laughs> i don't know if she's gotten this far yet but it's um it's like it's a good piece of advice frankly mm-hmm. and yeah it's something that i remembered um i we read these chapters i probably read this when it was in high school i would imagine mm-hmm. so this part of this very strongly resonated with me i think in high school because this like I feel like there's a lot of things you're trying to figure out like where you're going to go or like what you're going to do or whatever. And it's a big transition to, mm-hmm. to move on from high school. And so like it's um, it's it's quite it can be quite overwhelming at times. I feel like I remember this being very yeah. impactful, but whatever. Yeah, it's not that it's, changes it's, in life, though. <laughs> there's other things that are yeah. hard to do as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to get like get overwhelmed and like paralyzed by that. Mm-hmm. Like being like, I don't know what to do, so I won't do anything. Yeah. So just. Start breaking it down into the small thing right in front of you. Yeah. Or just start with something. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. As long as it's it's something that's going to move you in the right direction. I like how Shiguri also appears out of nowhere <laughs> to give that yeah. advice to. <laughs> yeah. I think in my memories, I also kind of combined it with like the forest for the trees joke from much earlier. <laughs> so <laughs> If I see trees, then I know I'm in a forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it kind of made me think it happened earlier in the series than it did. <laughs> It's interesting, too, because I think, like, something that's kind of significant about this is, like, this is one of the first times that Toru gets advice from someone who's not her mom, actually. Mm-hmm. All these times before, it's been like, oh, my mom told me this thing, or, like, I learned this thing from my mom, or my mom did this. And this is, like, another person kind of giving her some advice, like, adult-style advice. Mm-hmm. So it's actually an interesting kind of... This whole chapter is an interesting point of development for Toru for a couple of reasons, but I think that's one. That I never really yeah. thought about before until we started really tracking these things. Yes, yeah. and since we just watched that uh, Ritsu episode of the anime, uh, Shigure's got a good week for mm-hmm. good advice. He's being good, <laughs> Dad Gure, as the fandom calls him. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> he's being he's being helpful this week and not being evil. He hasn't been evil yeah. looking in a while, but it's mm-hmm. okay. I haven't forgotten. I see you, Shigure. Yeah, I'm staring into my microphone as if he's there, but no. <laughs> yeah. well, Shigure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a complicated character. I love, I love to, I love to agree. I love to. He's, he's fun. Yes. He's very interesting. I don't. Yes. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know how else to. I don't know how else to describe it. He's. I'm glad, I'm glad he's there in the series. He certainly gives us I something not, to talk about. I would, yeah, I would miss him if he was not there, even though I'm not sure if I can say I actually like he's him. He's kind of a big deal in the series, even though I can say confidently that I don't like yeah. him, but that's okay. I wouldn't like him yeah. if he was a real Well, I definitely person. don't like him as a person, but... <laughs> Yeah, but he's a character. We don't have to like him as a person. That's but the yeah, situation. A character. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting characters are often not good people. Yeah, that makes them so great. That's what fiction is yeah. for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got some more. I'm just talking around your the Kyon Toru scene so that you can jump into that when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about it now if you want. You know, if that works for you. <laughs> I'll make one other comment first. Okay, sure. You should. Um, yeah. So to, the uh, eating together thing comes up a lot in this one. Yes. Um, but I think these are kind of interesting because they're sort of like initiated by the characters like voluntarily rather than it just being like well, we're eating because it's dinner time and we're in the same house. Like Yeah. Especially the let's all eat someone together thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a regular lunch, meal. 
Yeah. But even the lunch thing where they're just like, oh, yeah, it's been a while since we've eaten together. Let's all go eat lunch together. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they purposely went and did that because they finding their group. Yeah. My theme of eating together just keeps on giving. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's constantly, constantly there. I guess it's just such mm-hmm. a regular fest of everyday life that's like it's easy to show over and over again and show how things change. And even Kyo, mm-hmm. Kyo is so grumpy about eating with other people. Um, like he sits at, at school. He's like, I'm going to sit with them, but food's not going to lunch isn't going to be as good, which is mm-hmm. funny. But it's also interesting that he thinks that way. And then also at home, he eats with Toru. And they sit really close together. Like, they actually... He's sitting at the table. He's actually sitting facing the table, which he often isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shigure comes and, like... And Yuki comes down. And they're still sitting at the table. So, like, they actually have a proper meal together, which they very rarely do with Kyo. Yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to talk about it every time. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to talk about... Well, I have one thing to say first, which is that... Oh, so she met a guy... Yeah. Which is exciting. We haven't seen him, but mm-hmm. it's not like they really seem to, like, date or anything, any of these kids, so. Yeah. I mean, especially not the Somas, but, like, not, like, uh, Toru or, you know, or Uo or Hana or anybody. Even, like, mm-hmm. the other kids at school, it's not, like, for a shoujo, it's not really, like, a big deal, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what he's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised they mentioned this at this point in time in the story, so. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Okay, now we can talk about it. I think that's everything else from that chapter, essentially. But I'm just really excited mm-hmm. because, I mean, so, like, whatever. I'm a, I'm a Kyoto shipper, so <laughs> it's fine. I admit it. But it's nice because this is, like, I think this is one of the first. There's a bunch of, like, ship teasing around what's been going on with them. And I thought this scene is really great. First of all, like, it's one of, it's one of the scenes I really like with them, the two of them. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing is, like, so they have this little meal together, um, alone, and then, like I said, like, Kyo kind of sits there with her, and he actually, like, sits and converses with her, and Kyo is not, like, a big, like, chitty chat type person, I think, mm-hmm. like, at this, um, I feel like, time in the series, but he starts off by saying, like, he says all this stuff about Toru, and he's, like, well, he, he says, like, um, I want to talk to someone about how I feel, but, like, I don't know if Shisha doesn't really understand. I don't want to talk to Shigure, which is like, first of all, why would you do that in the first place? Because, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, Shigure's kind of like a contributing member of society, yeah. but not really. Um, and I guess he probably kind of understands Kyo's situation. Like, I think he thinks Shisha won't understand because he doesn't understand what it's like to be cursed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's like, well, you're the one who probably understands the most. Totoru. And then she's like, me? Like, she's mm-hmm. shocked, which is really interesting. And then he's like, well, yeah, you made those promises to your mom before she died, and now... Like, what, you must feel really anxious now. And then it com- triggers this crazy change in reaction from her where she's she was, like, fine, and now she's, like, super upset. It's very interesting. It's like mm-hmm. he saw right through her. They never talked about any of this mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So. I think kind of shows, like, I think they have a tendency to, like, see each other better than they see themselves. You think so? Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the characters, especially them, the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, like, them especially with each other. Like, there are several things where characters see things in other characters that they don't see in themselves is kind of a theme, but mm-hmm. I think the two of them especially <clears throat> kind of have that. It's true. I think it's how they connect with each other. And I think this is really, like, the first... I mean, there's, like, a little time... Like, there was a time where they were on the roof before... Um, right? Wait, is that later? Am I confused? 
I might be confused. Mm-hmm. The scene where they're on the roof and she's like, he's like, I wish a certain someone would stop crying and like wipes the tears away from her eyes. No, there's the scene where they're on the roof before. That happens later, I think. Mm-hmm. There was a scene where they're on the roof before and she's like, she talks to him about Kakura. It's like really, really early on in the series. And yeah. uh, she's kind of like, like she goes and talks to him all the time alone and is always kind of like, recognizes what's going on with him but he's mm-hmm. never really done the same thing for her i think this is yeah. one of the first times that he's really shown how empathetic he can be in this situation mm-hmm. there's like a little scene during that scene where it's like uh her smiling at school you can see in that scene where they're eating lunch he's kind of like looking at her while they're talking about this stuff mm-hmm. he's like he saw it then right i don't know yeah. he's he it's almost like or maybe he just like knows it or sees it kind of intrinsically but yeah because like he doesn't even seem to think of it as like something she was like hiding or unaware of like he just says it like no. matter of factly like he's it's just like a given it's like oh yeah. well you must be really anxious because you made all these promises and whatever and she's like what mm-hmm. <laughs> me yeah it's it's an interesting scene for many reasons yeah i think and then the other thing that i think is interesting is that so she says a couple of interesting things one thing that she says is like like pretend you don't see these these anxieties in me because then if if you tell me about them then like I'll fall apart or whatever mm-hmm. she says, which is interesting. And then she also tells him to confide in Shisho. She's like she's just waiting for you to confide in him. Like, and I find that interesting because it's like is she still trying to get him get their like father son thing going while she's still upset or is she just like trying to tell Kyo that she's struggling herself and that she can't she can't handle that kind of thing emotionally right now. Like it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what she meant. Um, Kyo doesn't seem to take it that way. He's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll go talk mm-hmm. to him. And like, he's like, um, he's totally unaffected by her freaking out. Like, yeah. he's just like, I'm used to your crying. Your nose is running. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, why are you such a crybaby? Like, he doesn't even really like, I think just the fact that he's there kind of comforts her. Like, she doesn't, he doesn't really do anything that in particular that kind of helps her. But mm-hmm. And then Chikori shows up and gives us the key to life with his laundry metaphor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and teases Kyo, so. But, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting scene, and of course it's adorable. I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good scene between the two of them. And I think it's interesting for both of their characters. And it's also interesting, another thing to note, is we've talked about this before, I think, in the, probably in the spoilers, but one thing we talked about is, like, Toru can talk to Kyo about stuff that she can't talk to Yuki about. And I think there's really mm-hmm. good evidence of that in this because she's like, oh, that's probably what Yuki... And, like, vice versa with Yuki. So Yuki was, like... Something was going on where they walked home, like, almost in silence together after Toru's... Mm-hmm. After picking her up from work. And she's like, oh, that's probably what Yuki was trying to tell me earlier, but, like, he couldn't. Or maybe he recognized... And then she... So she goes to Yuki later and is like, I feel the same way. Like, they're all kind mm-hmm. of anxious. And they're showing it in different ways, but she kind of... She can really let her guard down, I think, with Kyo, but she doesn't necessarily... Yuki, the relationship between her and Yuki is a little bit different still mm-hmm. at this point, I guess. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> this is my Kyo Toru TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of everything that happened in that chapter, I guess. Mm-hmm. So now we can talk about Ayame, your favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this the first time we see their mom? I think so. Yeah, I so. I wrote... When I wrote the first note like about Yuki's dream, I was like, should I say that this is a random woman or her, or Yuki's mom? 
Mm-hmm. I think it this. I think it's the first time, unless yeah. no, because like even when they, I feel like there's been some scenes of Yuki as like a little kid, like around that time. But I can't remember if. I mean, his mom might have been there, but it might have just been her hand or something. Like yeah. it might have just been, or or you know, he was just walking through the main house. I think there's scenes of him as like a little kid around that time, and she may have been there or been off screen or something, but or off mm-hmm. panel. I don't know, whatever. Um, but I think this is the first time we've really seen her, and like it's been explicitly said that that's Yuki and Ayami's mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene was also um, more disturbing than I remember. I didn't remember the yeah. part where she's like, "I'll hit you" or whatever, and then in the, mm-hmm. when Ayami walks away, her hand—you can see in the background—her hand is like raised, like she's about to mm-hmm. to hit Yuki, which is really dramatic and sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great people, Yuki. Yeah. And Yuki, mm-hmm. and I don't think we ever see their dad. Like, it's not a spoiler to. Yeah. I was going to comment on that. It's like they talk about both their parents, Mm -hmm. which suggests they're, you know, both still around, but you only really see the mom. Yeah, I think we only see the mom. I don't know. Definitely in this chapter, but I think, yeah, I don't think we see their dad in the rest of the series either. I don't think so. I don't think we ever see him. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you definitely see the mom. And she has Mm -hmm. a standout scariness, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's also pretty threatening she's always dressed like that too like she's always dressed in kind of like this weird like business casual type situation where <laughs> um formally somewhat formally dressed which is interesting just like yeah. she is in this dream or this like yeah this dream and he also said that he's had this dream before which is also mm-hmm. interesting i wonder if he has a lot of recurring dreams or something recurring probably. bad dreams probably <laughs> he's got yeah. enough uh, trauma to trauma <laughs> yeah probably so I have a whole set note about kind of like Yuki's relationship with his parents. So mm-hmm. we had the dream, of course, and then um, he has all these comments. So he has this like long comment where he is like dead eyed. I don't know how to describe that. It's the same same kind of expression as like he says mom mm-hmm. and then there was somebody else who had the same expression at some point. Um, Uo. We talked about when Uo was in the gang and she was... Mm-hmm kind of like at rock bottom so yuki has the same kind of like brief lapse into that sort of state as well where he talks about his parents that they sold him as a tool um and then we saw that scene of him being hit as a child and of course like alone in the room which i think we must have seen before it was in the anime recently so i mm-hmm. assume yeah. I, I think we've seen a few before. flashbacks of yuki alone in a room yeah i think so um and so he ha- clearly has a strained relationship with his parents that has some kind of implication that he was like, I don't know, he says he was sold as a tool. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I like the dream that he has is his mom saying, so what if you're a tool? Um, and then Ayame, it's interesting that Ayame feels like he's like, I would have done the same thing. I would have sold you for my own self-indulgence or whatever. So I wonder, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that he also, Ayame also acted like that. I wonder if it's like something, behavior that he like picked up from his parents or something. Like it's... Yeah. It's kind of interesting that that's something that goes yeah. on with him. Too. He was also, you know, a young teenager at the time. So yeah, totally. I think uh, selfish behavior is like that is more understandable from a <laughs> yes, from someone who's not a, a parent, an yeah. adult with a child who they're supposed to be, you know, taking care of. And, yeah, you know, loving. <laughs> yes, of course, of course, that's <laughs> definitely true. But it's interesting how. But the I think the extremity of it is what mm-hmm. Ayame feels ashamed of or whatever yeah. feels like sad about in his backstory right mm-hmm. um and then i think it's also interesting that he yuki says that his, he's worried about his parents making decisions for him if he doesn't have goals in mind or whatever so it's like mm-hmm. they don't have a relationship but they still he's still concerned about them controlling him or whatever yeah um 
so yeah i don't know i don't have anything to say about that other than that's not spoilery i just wanted to kind of like summarize what we learned mm-hmm. about ayame and yuki's parents from this interaction it's specifically yeah. also to do with yuki it seems like they don't have that much of a like relationship with ayame it's not clear from this but mm-hmm. um yeah i, don't I think know. i can't remember if this is from i think this is from ayame's first introduction but he says something about it, like how his, the parent their parents just kind of like gave up on him as yeah. like getting them any kind of influence or whatever and so put all their Family, yes. expectations on yuki yeah i'm not sure so i think they but just that's... kind of like yeah because i think they're just kind of like whatever and just let him do what he wanted basically i think they kind of mm-hmm. like all their focus was on yuki and the status that mm-hmm. they had with yuki yeah. um and it definitely i think it shows from this little interaction too where like ayami's just like off to the side like kind of like whatever mm-hmm. and then he just leaves like there's no yeah um you know it's a memory about yuki specifically but like there's no interaction between ayami and his yeah, mother I either think he was this. probably like fairly neglected just as from his parents just seems like not to you know just not abused to the extent that yuki was and he Mm -hmm. also had you know friends in the outside world and stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he had shigure and uh, Mm -hmm. and anatori yeah so um as yuki was isolated he was completely isolated yes Mm -hmm. so i think the the line that really got me this time is yuki saying that like like it's not that he isn't fond of his parents or whatever that's just that he doesn't expect anything from them like that's such a like that's such a like awful way f- to for a, a child to feel about their parent totally yeah yeah he's he's just completely like no i have no expectation of them whatsoever yeah. i feel like completely indifferent it's the thing that yami said that he fears right is indifference rather than mm-hmm. like hatred yeah. or anything else yeah because it seems like like yuki doesn't even like hate his parents no, for it's, yeah. What they did to him, he's just like completely disconnected from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But also, it's better that he's away from that environment, I guess. So he has. Yeah. Um, it's, he's worried like about it's being stuck back a, into it. It's definitely a justified it. feeling. It's, yeah. just, uh, it's just sad for that sure. it's at that point. It is, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. In these scenes, we also got some. We talked about we've been talking around it, but we got a bunch of information about Ayame's kind of experience and his backstory too. So, like, mm-hmm. in addition to his sort of indifference with Yuki, he also we saw the scene of him with the girl from their high school. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we we haven't talked about this yet in the non spoilers. We definitely talked about it a couple of times, I think, in spoilers. Yeah, but I think this is the first mention of this like incident. You, there's like Hattori says like, "Haven't you had enough?" And then there's the girl and the who's in their school uniform so it seems like it's some mm-hmm. kind of something that he did to this girl yeah um that's also alluded to here so yeah, we didn't get so a detail on that but he, no, it's like but there's more the implication more that it's more than just his behavior toward yuki that he regrets from his youth yeah it certainly seems like that's the case mm-hmm. and then we also saw his uh relationship with mine is more than just shopkeeper and yeah. <laughs> shop employee <laughs> question mark <laughs> It's implied strongly because he like rests his head on her shoulder. So, I mean, yeah, and he says like, if someone like me can have someone who's there for them with the like memory of Mine there. So, yes, so it's strongly I mean implied that their relationship is beyond that mm-hmm. shopkeeper and shopkeepy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. I like how Yame is like Yuki's a good kid. Like it's very mm-hmm. sweet. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's sweet how he's, he's just like, basically like, our parents are missing out because Yuki's great. Like, yeah. It's, it's sweet. It is. Yeah. For Aoyami's, like, uh, intense behavior, I mean, he, he does really, I think, genuinely care about Yuki, and it's not just mm-hmm. about him feeling better, it's about him wanting the best for Yuki, that nobody's really paid attention to him in mm-hmm. his life in a positive way, and he wants to be that person, so. Yeah. And I like the that they get the little kind of bonding over there. They both have that desire to create something. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really nice scene. It is wonderful. He's like, <laughs> he's. I like how it's like he te- he it leads into it by being like, let me talk about myself. And then yeah. he's like, well, the reason that I have this career is because I wanted to create something that didn't exist without me. Or like, I want to prove that mm-hmm. I could make something. And Yuki recognizes that that's something that he feels as well. So they do have that connection, mm-hmm. which is really nice. It's very sweet. At this point, they haven't, He's been trying. Yuki's been trying to like, you know, be more accepting of Yami, and Yami's trying to kind of like meet, do something yeah. for Yuki. But this is finally something that they have in common, which is very sweet. Yeah. They finally they meet halfway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Yuki like repeatedly has said like I just don't understand you basically, yeah. but this is something that they both understand. You can connect with this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very sweet. There's also like I mean, Yami shows up, so there's all the classic. Ayame gags, which are wonderful. Like how he's like, yeah. there's only three people in the world who yeah. <laughs> embroider this as well as me, and or whatever, embroider this, and I am the yeah. one, one among like, them, the or whatever. Amongst them is me. Me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really great. I was like, mm-hmm. really pleased to see that joke again. Yeah. <laughs> amongst others, but that one made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it also started with being like, there are three people in the world who can drink my tea, which is like, yeah. <laughs> I think I know three people who can drink his tea in the story. Yeah. But it's like, now it's just like three random people all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one other joke where he made the same one other time yeah, where he made the same joke. Like, only like three people who show this much love for their brother or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think it was when he brought the crab actually. So it's yeah. related. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Did you have any other non spoiler things to say? I don't think I do. Oh wait, I had I I updated my count of Kyo bopping Toru on the head, which was five <laughs> times, but it still feels low. I think I might have missed something. <laughs> it's fine. You have to do it. Made me happy. Through the, the chapters and only forty chapters to read or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look. Well, it's not like it started for a while, so it's probably only like yeah. whatever twenty chapters or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have to do that at some point, and just to double check because it's important that we know these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, you ready to talk about spoilers? Mm-hmm. Okay, then in that case, that's it for now, unless you're sticking around after the music to listen about spoilers. Next time, we're going to be talking about chapters 48 and 49. You can leave us comments and rate and review and subscribe. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. So we're back to talk about spoilers. (laughs) There's a lot of... uh foreshadowing in this chapter or there is <laughs> mentioned stuff that pays off way later yeah there is there's a lot <laughs> of allusions to things yeah so we got uh, a Karano mention yeah we did I was like oh so I thought she's dating a, or she met a guy who doesn't suck yeah. <laughs> turns out it's mm-hmm. Karano I was yeah. like wow she met him back then I guess that's yeah I was gonna say I don't think we've seen him like even alluded to like a no I don't think so Mm-hmm. He hasn't even yeah. driven by in a car yet, like in the anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we get a flashback to the scene where they meet, but uh, apparently it happened like 
now a couple days ago i guess (laughs) yeah apparently yeah (laughs) yeah i'm surprised i was surprised i was like oh okay cool there he is Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen my uh my notes have eyeball raised eyeball (laughs) i I see that (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) and then we got uh momiji talking about his goal yeah his, Do you know like, what specifically his goal is? Is it about playing violin? I think it was he said he wants to like become a like really good violinist and then put on a concert and invite oh, then Momo his listen. parents and Momo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it's so sad. So yeah. heartwrenching. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. They all, they do all have so many. It just puts into perspective of how many like issues they all have about their yeah. their futures. They're just living kind of like day by day. Yeah, and just how like kind of accepting they all are of the fact that like like Momiji's just kind of like like oh I know exactly what my goal is, but it might be impossible. But I'm still gonna try. Like <laughs> yeah, sort of depressing. It is. I mean, it's interesting that like so Kyo is like oh Shigure is kind of a member of society. Mm-hmm. Like Shigure seems to have the most, the least amount of. He has the most kind of like mm, freedom within regular society, as yeah. opposed to people like Momiji and Yuki and Kyo and uh, basically everybody else. Actually, not yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> I was like, how many are you gonna list? <laughs> I don't know. I started because I was like, oh, there might be others, and then I started listing some, and it turns out there aren't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Kagura, like whatever. Um, but most of them have some kind of issue with Akito, so. Yeah. They're all drawn into that, like, web of... They're all in kind of, like, the inner cult of the yeah. family. And right now they happen to be on kind of, like, a reprieve. But mm-hmm. um, that won't last forever. Even Kyo brings it up. It's really interesting how lightly... Like, at this point, Kyo isn't like, oh, I'm going to be locked up forever. He's like, I just yeah. don't think that's possible. Like, it's mm-hmm. interesting how... 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 Um, just... I, uh, I don't know. Lightly is the only word I can think of right now to describe yeah. it, but how lightly that's alluded to at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't decide if he's just, like, trying not to think about it, or if he's, like, genuinely believes he can beat Might Yuki be. and actually will be <laughs> welcomed mm. into the Zodiac. I think it's a they have that al- both. Yeah, because they have that allusion to the bet he makes with Akita there and here. Yeah. Okay, good. That is what I thought it was from. Yeah. But I wrote in my note to remember to ask you later, is this from when they made the bet? So yeah, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. And Akito's like, I think this is when he's like, uh, can I like, I don't know. Because he says over my dead body or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Akito says. Yeah. I can't remember the he exact, says. yeah. I can't remember the exact wording of their conversation, but I know it's. Maybe it's actually she's that like, they actually make the but bet. But she's like all sarcastically like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, totally. I'll welcome you into the zodiac if you beat Yuki. But yeah, yes, of course it's not genuine. None of yeah. it is genuine. But yeah, Kyo, I think Kyo wants to believe that it is. Yeah, I don't think he thinks that yeah. it is. Yeah, I think he knows deep down it that won't actually solve any of his problems. No. But uh, but if he accepted that, then nothing would solve his problems. So yeah, yeah exactly. So he's so they're kind of Yuki and Kyo are like, what's the point, like of trying to figure mm-hmm. out what I'm gonna do with my life if I don't even know if I'll be able to like have a life or yeah. whatever, which is legitimate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and how Yuki's like, he's probably got you know he's got more opportunity than Kyo to maybe you know be out in the world, but he also knows how easy it will be for 
his parents and other people to just make him do what they want him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if his parents come back, they'll they'll bring him right back to Aikido, mm-hmm. right back to where he was before. So, because it benefits them for him to be there, which is yeah, depressingly sad. So yeah, and he talks about how like he's afraid if he calls them in, they'll try to like bowl him over and make all decisions mm-hmm. for him, and that's exactly what happens. It in is a exactly chapters what happens when we yeah see the thing, and it's kind of sad because he's just so used to you know that like even if he's you know he's grown as a person and is a more confident person but when you're his mom is in the room talking for him he just like can't find the can't like find it in himself to speak up again because he's just like back to that yeah lockdown childhood of just being a tool for them yeah i mean i think when you're well he's only 16 too so like when he's mm-hmm. i was thinking like it's hard to it's hard to like i don't know like grow out of that Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially because he's been in like an abusive situation, so it's always going to be even more challenging. But I feel like just yeah. even for people who are in that situation, like when you go back to your parents' house or like whatever, your teenager, yeah, you kind of fall back into yeah, like, you know that you're patterns. the child and they're the parent, and even though mm-hmm. you're now both adults or you know or becoming adults in Yuki's case, but... yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it would be incredibly difficult for him to yeah. It's not surprising that it's incredibly difficult for him to yeah be able to speak up and and on top of everything else right but then mm-hmm. of course Ayame comes in and saves the day which is wonderful yeah. so i really like that that's i like too. that scene yeah i think it's one of the things when i first read through that really made me feel compelled to like Ayame to feel connected to Ayame because i yeah. mean i don't know i feel like the first time i read this it took a lot longer for me to like get things about characters mm-hmm. and stuff for a variety yeah. of reasons <laughs> but i was like oh, he came and, like, he did the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He really helped Yuki in a time where it, he just wouldn't have been able to do anything for himself. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I also love, uh, unrelated to Yuki, <laughs> I love Toru's parent-teacher conference with yeah, Shigure. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. I really enjoy, like, but, like Shigure and Mayu's interactions and then also Ayame and Mayu's interactions in mm-hmm. those conferences. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's the whole really funny and speak to that, like... <laughs> old weird relationship they all had at one point yes <laughs> yeah that whole that whole little uh part is really funny mm-hmm. great so there's a bunch of a bunch of things that alluded to there were a lot of things that got opened up in these chapters which is why i was super excited to record this episode yeah. i was mm-hmm. like oh yeah the, ooh, other, ooh. yeah the other one i was gonna mention is they obviously the some of ayame's flashbacks which we don't get yeah. the full story on until much later no. his high school days Yes. And the stuff with Mine. Yes. I'm excited for those. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting. This is really the first time that um, Kyo or Toru kind of opens up about her her anxieties to yeah. Kyo. It just starts the train of them being in, in that position, in that relationship with each other, which is really interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. And it's also, I think, like, kind of the first, like, explicit time we touch on Toru's anxieties mm-hmm. like we've had some like allusions to it with her like trying not to think about things and stuff but mm-hmm. and like the last the stuff with Ritsu where she's like my yeah. mom was my reason to live but now we're just kind of like building up to some of those other things like yeah. kind of getting that little those little cracks in her character that are make her interesting right yeah I mean so many things yeah, make is... her interesting I think but this yeah. is like the thing that really I think Make yeah, sure and this is like you know this is where it starts thinking. to go like heavy on that, which is why we didn't you know get very much of that in the first anime. Mm-hmm. Is... Yeah, it's a long, a long build up to this. Mm-hmm. 
We had to build up how great she is first. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and break her down. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how character development works. I mean. What? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but like. I mean, Kyo, that is a well, classic. Uh, that is a classic, you know. That's true. Storytelling and character development technique is break them down so you can build them back up. But... Yeah. Well, she's already broken down. She's just hiding. Yeah. Is, is what the situation is. And the other thing is, like, you have to get to this point in the story where Kyo is developed enough that he can, he's the yeah. one who connects with her and he wasn't able to before. Like, the reason this didn't happen is until, because he he was dealing with a bunch of, of yeah. his personal issues to, around the... He had to go through the true form arc before he could be exactly. any kind of emotional support for anybody else. Exactly. And <laughs> the person is Toru, so... Yeah. Um, and even and like his they're relationship... still not great, but <laughs> no, well, no, they're not. They, they, they're getting there. They're getting, they're getting there. And it's interesting too how he's like, oh, I don't want to talk to you show about this, but he's gonna to talk to Toru about it. Mm-hmm. But then I like, but so yeah, it's interesting that they're his and Shisho's relationship is still a little bit like they're still building their relationship as well. It's like Kyo is mm-hmm. Kyo's now able, having gone through the true form arc, like you said, he's now able to build those connections with people. There yeah. was a, I think it was a. I can't remember if it was a post or if it was just like a discussion in Discord or something where people were talking about someone made a post on something like Reddit or something that said they didn't like Kyo very much because he's kind of a jerk and he's a mean to Toru all the time and whatever. And it's like, but just wait, just can you just wait like 20 yeah. more episodes? It'll be fine. I promise. Like <laughs> it's because he had it's everybody's mean because they have a issue. They have other issues yeah. that they're compensating for. Nobody's mean because they want to be mean. Not one character mm-hmm. is. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. But this finally we're getting to this point where like Kyo's really I think his true kind of like kind and empathetic mm-hmm. side is starting to show through because he now has the emotional space to help other people with their feels. Yeah. He's so, a good boy. Yeah, he's good. They're all good boys. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> especially you can Kyo, but mm-hmm. Kyo is especially in this scene. It was Kyo's the winner of the day. Yeah. Even Shigure was a good boy this time I talked yeah, about. He was. <laughs> Genuinely. Good dog. Good dog. Good dog. I don't think I have any other things to say. Okay. <laughs> I think we talked about everything. Everything mm-hmm. big that happened. I mean, I, I mean, like, whatever. There was obvious foreshadowing for Kyo and Toru's relationship, of course. Yeah. I think we've talked about that enough. I could talk about it longer, but... <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Good. Excellent. Next time we're going to talk about chapters 48 and 49. Woo. Woo. I don't know what happens. Let's find out. Uh, we meet oh, Rin. Oh, it's the haunted house. We meet Rin. That's right. I was saying it before we started recording. I was like, oh, we're going to meet Rin. Yeah. I'm so excited. And she actually, like, it's like a full, like, almost a full panel of her. So, yeah. like, almost a full, like, I don't she, know. She, like, talks and we see her face and stuff. She looks real upset. Yeah. In the hospital. That'll be exciting. I love Rin. Can't wait to talk yeah. about Rin. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to see Rin animated. Yeah, when, whenever her... whenever that happens, <laughs> in a while. Or long ass hair. Although you never know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it'll be like Hana, but slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> long hair falling over the place. <laughs> Until it's not. <laughs> okay. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. those ones that are like sort of like a couch but you like sit back in them like like a chaise like a chaise oh a chaise in english yeah (laughs) i was like
was like, what the heck's a chaise? A chaise lounge. Haven't you listened to me pronounce crepe? Like, (laughs) crepe instead of crepe? (laughs) A chaise. (laughs) I can't tell. Looks like a settee. It's difficult to tell. Some of them have backs, some of them don't. Some of them have arms, some of them don't. Actually, I think they all have arms. No, wait, this one doesn't have arms. (laughs) It looks like a short, like a love seat, but not necessarily. Anyway. Look, today I learned. All right. I'm scared the sound's going to cut off again, so I want to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Oh, okay. Apparently a sate is the same thing as a love seat. Oh. So it's just a shorter sofa. All right. Well, <laughs> now we learned. It could be that, for all we know. <laughs> and at that moment, Ayame bursts into the bathroom and says, Good morning, mon frere magnifique. Good morning, mon frere magnifique, for those people who don't understand my French pronunciations. <laughs> up, up, little brother. I don't think chez is real good chez. French pronunciation either, just saying. Chez. Chez. <laughs> you were saying chez. No. <laughs> oh, my years, my three years of high school French. <laughs> I was like, I want to find out how to pronounce chez. <laughs> it's like what I actually meant was like Shay all this time like C H E Z. Anyway.